Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 157. And today, amongst other things, I'd like to talk about the topic Fearing Our Kids Will Fail. I'm sitting here in my recording studio feeling rather cold. There's a strong wind blowing outside. Yes, it's winter here in Australia. We're about halfway through the season, but the first half of the season was rather mild. However, today is cold. I thought that we were going to get away without having any really cold weather. Well, that was silly, wasn't it? Sometimes it feels like things are never going to change. It's hot or it's cold and we think winter is never coming or summer is never coming or our kids are never going to learn this or whatever. But all of a sudden things do change. And yes, winter has arrived for us. Unfortunately, because this has meant that going out for runs before breakfast is now rather uncomfortable. I don't know why I wanted winter to arrive. When we had the nice mild weather, I kept thinking, I wish winter would come. Maybe that's because it it seems right. We have to go through all the seasons in order. And if we don't have a proper winter, perhaps we won't have a proper summer. I guess I was worried that if winter was very mild, summer may be extra hot. I don't know what's ahead of us, but at the moment, it's cold. But I guess talking about the weather isn't very interesting. I should get on to something else. I have something little to add to last week's podcast. Did you listen to episode 156, Building Strong Relationships with Our Kids? If you did listen, you will have heard, I think it was, three stories about my son, Callum. Callum is one of my young adult sons. He's number three in the family. And I was talking about all the adventures I've had with Callum, sharing his interests and doing things that he enjoys doing. And it was only later when I listened to that podcast that I realized that I had used the word grinned multiple times, too many times. I guess because of my perfectionist nature, I wasn't really very happy when I listened to the final podcast before I put it up online. I was tempted to go back and change it. But then I thought, well, look, that's the way I wrote those stories. I used the word grinned a lot of times. It's just the way it is. Perhaps I should just accept what I'd done. Maybe the word grinned leaped out at me more than it did you. Perhaps later on, after you finished listening to the episode, you didn't say, couldn't Sue think of another word other than the word grinned? Maybe you didn't even notice. I think sometimes we do notice things about ourselves that other people don't notice. We give things too much attention. We worry too much about what other people think about us and what we're doing. And that stops us doing things. 
I could easily have had no episode last week if I had decided that I couldn't bear for everybody to hear that word grinned over and over again. Well, my son Callum grins a lot. You might know that by now. And in the future, when I'm writing about him, I might try to substitute another word for that word grinned. Anyway, grinned is a rather fantastic word. I rather like it. Something I did learn, though, was that if I ever do some audiobooks, I shall read my stories out loud first, because I think our eyes skip over words quickly when we're reading, but words are very obvious when we're listening. All kinds of errors appear when we read things out aloud. Perhaps it would be a good idea if I read all my stories out aloud, whether I'm going to record them as an audio file or whether I'm going to publish them as words. It would help improve the quality of my writing, I'm sure. So I've got that out of the way. I've apologised for using the word grinned too many times. Actually, you may be a fan of the word grinned, just like me, so maybe it is okay after all. I have another story from my book, Curious Unschoolers, to share with you today, and this is the one called Fearing Our Kids Will Fail. And the reason I want to share this story with you today, apart from the fact that it will give you a taste of my book, the other reason I'm thinking about this story is because it is about my daughter Sophie. And Sophie has a foot problem, which she has been trying to deal with this week. And it was mentioned in this story. I think you will understand once I've read the story. But first, what is wrong with Sophie's foot? Well, she has a couple of bones in her right foot, which are collapsing, I think. They're pressing on a nerve and causing her a lot of pain. She's had orthotics for quite a while now, and they helped for a while, but just recently, they're not doing anything for her at all. The pain has become unbearable. So she went to the podiatrist maybe a week and a half ago, and she had her orthotics adjusted. But this hasn't helped, and she's going into town again today to take her orthotics back to have some more adjustments made. And we're hoping that this will help her. But the big thing is that the podiatrist has told her that even if she gets her pain under control, she is not going to be able to run. And you might know that Sophie does love running. She is into fitness and health. Yeah, She loves going to the gym and she loves running. She's actually competed in a few fun runs. There's a fun run coming up in a month or so's time, and Sophie won't be running in it, even though Gemma Rose will. Yes, Sophie will be standing on the sidelines. This makes me feel rather sad, because yes, Sophie does like running, just like we all do. Now, if I go back to November last year, Gemma Rose and Sophie both competed in a 10k fun run. And I wasn't sure that Sophie should have entered the race. A few weeks before the race, she'd had her wisdom teeth out. She had a problem with her foot. She hadn't been sleeping well. She had various problems. 
I didn't really feel that she was fit enough to compete in the race. And so I suggested that maybe she didn't run or maybe she didn't run in the 10K, but limited herself to the 5K run. And I wondered, why did I do that? I think I was afraid that Sophie would fail. I'm not going to tell you any more about that story because all the details are in my story, Fearing Our Kids Will Fail, from my book, Curious Unschoolers. I think I will share the story and then talk about it a little bit more. Talk about what I learnt. Fearing Our Kids Will Fail Sophie and Gemma Rose announced their intention to enter a 10k race. They're excited because they love running. They're willing to train hard, which they do. Until Sophie's training is interrupted, she has her wisdom teeth removed by an oral surgeon. And for three weeks, she doesn't have the health or the energy to slip on her running shoes and head off to the bush tracks to exercise. Then, just when she should be starting to feel better, her recovery is delayed by a gum infection and a sore foot. Maybe Sophie's orthotics need adjusting. It's only a week before the big race, and Sophie has hardly run at all. Perhaps you shouldn't enter the 10k race, I say. You haven't run very far since your surgery. Your foot is hurting, and you said you haven't been sleeping well. Perhaps it would be sensible not to push yourself too far. How about running in the 5k race instead? But Sophie ignores my words. I'll be fine, Mum. This is something I want to do. So I step back. I don't say another word, but I'm worried. What if Sophie can't run the distance? What if she fails? Race day arrives. The girls line up with the other runners. They are smiling with anticipation. This is going to be hard work, but it's what they want to do. The atmosphere is electric. Hundreds of people, all sharing the same passion, are gathering together. They stretch. They swing their arms. They smile. The clock ticks down. The race starter fires the gun. The girls fly by me and my camera, surrounded by runners of all ages and sizes. Soon, they are out of sight. I stand on the sidelines taking photos. Time passes. I catch a glimpse of both girls. Then a while later, I see them again. I look at my watch. Knowing my girls' best running times, I expect them to head over the finish line very soon. So that's where I go. I want to be there when the girls finish the race, I tell Andy. Despite walking as fast as I can, I only just make it. As I'm taking up my position, Gemma Rose sprints past me. Gemma Rose is coming over the line. I can hear the announcer with his loudspeaker. Hey, isn't that a cool name? It is. But even cooler is Gemma Rose's time. She's run the best 10k of her life. But where's Sophie? Is she going to finish the race? Can she last the distance? I don't have to wonder for very long. Sophie flies over the line to you. And then she sinks to the ground. I'm a bit alarmed. Is she okay? I can't believe it, Mum, Sophie pants. That's my best time ever. 
I looked at my pace at the 5k mark and I got worried. I thought I was running too quickly. I didn't know if I could keep up the pace until the end. But she did. The girls grinned for days after that race. They'd both set themselves a challenge, worked hard and achieved great things. The best thing, though, wasn't the medals they brought home. It was the joy that flowed out of them, the joy that comes from doing something you love. I'm so glad I stepped back and didn't persist with my negative words. Actually, I wish I hadn't said anything in the first place. How much better it would have been if I'd trusted Sophie's judgment completely. I think about what would have happened if Sophie had listened to me and had decided not to enter the 10k race after all. She wouldn't have come home grinning, knowing she'd done her very best. My fears would have got in the way of both her achievement and her joy. Why do I fear for my kids? Do I remember my own experience of failing? Do the words of disappointed people still echo in my head? I thought you said you could do that. What happened? You'll have to try harder if you want to succeed. Do I once again hear the laughs of my peers? Did you see that girl who couldn't even swim the width of the pool? She stood up in the middle of the race. Perhaps I decided it was better not even to try. Sophie's achievement reminds me that our kids know themselves better than we do. We should encourage rather than squash them. Let them try. Because what's the worst that can happen? What would you have done if you'd run out of energy partway through the race? I ask Sophie. What if you hadn't been able to finish? Oh, I would have finished, smiles Sophie. Even if I'd had to walk over the line, I'd have completed the race. But what if she hadn't? Would it have mattered? Is failing really such a big deal? No, of course not. We shouldn't fear failure. What we should fear is not being willing to try. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you might already have heard the podcast version of that story. I told that story back in November in episode 140, It was called Difficult Things. But yes, that's the book version of the story. Last time when I was talking about Sophie and the race, I concentrated mostly on the joy, how our kids do know themselves better than we do and how we can deprive our kids of joy by discouraging them from doing things that they feel they can do, things that they want to do. So if I've already talked about this story, why am I returning to it today? As I said, it's because of Sophie's recent foot problem, and I had another thought about it. I thought, what if I had discouraged Sophie from running in November? She wouldn't have ran that 10k race, she wouldn't have received all that joy, she wouldn't have come home with a medal, which is of secondary importance, but it is something She wouldn't have all those wonderful memories of running in that race and she would have no more opportunities to run that race because she can't run that race this year. Maybe she'll never have the opportunity to do it again. So I'm glad that I came to my senses and stepped back and let Sophie run. 
even though I was afraid that she would fail. So maybe the moral of the story is that we should let our kids do what they feel they are capable of doing. Don't let our fears get in the way, because who knows what the future holds. If they don't do something today, maybe their opportunity will be over. Now that sounds like I've left the story on a rather sad note, doesn't it? Sophie won't be running in any more races. Well, unless a miracle happens. But always, something else comes along. There's always hope. She might not run, but I am sure she will be involved with other things. She's not feeling sorry for herself. She'll probably come up with some other ideas. Use her talents in a different way. So my daughters, Gemma Rose and Sophie, ran in a 10K race. And then I spoke about it in a podcast episode in November. And later on, I turned that podcast episode into a proper story and included it in my unschooling book, Curious Unschoolers. There are other stories in Curious Unschoolers and also in my second unschooling book, Radical Unschool Love, that started life as podcast episodes. Yes, I went looking for some episodes that I could turn into stories. And this has given me another idea for an unschooling book. What if I went back through all my podcast episodes and wrote more stories based on my podcast? As well as a story, I could include a summary of the main ideas within each podcast. And also I could have a contents list maybe with all the topics such as trust and starting unschooling, Christian unschooling, freedom, whatever, and I could label all the episodes so that if somebody is looking for some information on trust, there would be a list of podcast episodes that touch on that subject. I wonder also if I could include some of the show notes for each episode. I haven't quite worked it all out yet, and it would depend also on whether I could come up with enough stories. As I have said, I've already turned some of my podcast episodes into stories and I don't want to publish a book that's a duplicate of another book. I would have to come up with some new stories. Or maybe I could just pick and choose some podcast episodes, choose some that I haven't already written about. So I wonder what you think of that idea. Would you be interested in reading a book based on this podcast. Would that format work? I would be really interested in hearing your feedback. So as you can see, I've been thinking about what I want to do next. Now I'm certainly going to finish my third Angel's children's novel. Yes, I've been thinking about that, turning over some ideas. I've already done the first draft copy of that book. I just need to sit down and do some more editing, maybe write a few stories to fill in the gaps. I wrote that novel during NaNoWriMo a few years ago. It's been sitting on my computer, yes, just waiting, waiting for some time, waiting for me to get back to it. 
And I'm quite excited about that book. It is called The Angels of Convict Way, the third part of my Angels series. The other day, I opened that file and started reading it again. And I was quite excited by some of the stories in it. They're not nearly finished. But still, I got enthusiastic about the stories again. I thought, yes, I want to finish these stories, finish my trilogy. But what do I want to do as far as unschooling goes? Do I want to write a book based on my podcast? Or do I want to write a book about homeschool registration and unschooling? Or do I want to write all three books? Sometimes I feel full of energy and inspiration and I want to do everything. And then some days I get up and I don't want to do anything at all. I've had enough. I just want to walk away, do something completely different. I've been feeling like that the last few days. And I've been wondering why. Is it because I have already said everything? That I have no fresh ideas? Do I need something new to focus on? But I woke up this morning and I'm feeling good today. And that's why I'm sitting here recording this podcast. I suppose it's just as well that I'm feeling good today because today is podcast recording day. Today is the day that I usually try and record something, edit it, and then get it uploaded and publish it. Yes, I'm trying to be a little bit more consistent. Be a reliable podcaster. So looking at my podcast notes for this episode, yes, I've got some notes. I am organized. I can see that there is one more thing that I would like to share with you. Now, if we go back a few episodes, do you remember I was talking about taking unschooling on the road? I was talking about how I could get together face to face with other unschooling families, maybe travel to some places close by if anybody is interested. Maybe I could take a couple of my daughters along with me, meet some unschoolers in person, talk about unschooling, have some discussions, answer some questions, just enjoy spending time with other unschoolers. This is something that I've never done before. We don't have any unschooling families living in our area. But there are other unschoolers in cities about two hours drive from us. And so I have been chatting to a friend called Tam who lives in Canberra. I'm not exactly sure how long it takes for us to get to Canberra, maybe a little bit over two hours. And Tam and I are talking about having an unschooling day, maybe one Saturday in August or early September. We are going to invite other unschooling families to join us. And maybe Sophie and Imogen, I don't know about Charlotte and Gemma Rose, would come with me. Tam has said that some teenagers are interested in coming along. And we are going to have an unschooling day. We haven't sorted out all the details yet. It will depend on what other people want. I could give a talk, I could just answer questions, I could initiate some discussions. Yes, it depends on what would be most helpful. I could also take along my books if anybody is interested in seeing them. So that's going to be happening within the next few weeks and I'm very excited about that. 
Yes, I enjoy chatting to people online. I've done that for a long time. But this is something new. I hope that when people meet me in person, they're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, that's one thought that's been at the back of my mind. Because I'm rather ordinary. I'm just like anybody else. Except maybe I'm a little bit ahead of other unschooling families because most of my children have grown up. So I've had plenty of time to make loads of mistakes and I've learnt from them, I suppose. Yes, I have lots of stories to share. So if anybody is interested in meeting up with me and my girls and other unschoolers and can travel to Canberra, please let me know and I will make sure that you get all the details. Doing something new with unschooling will probably give me some extra enthusiasm. Yes, lift me up again. Set me on a new pathway. Probably talking to other unschoolers will inspire me as well. Sometimes we need contact with other people. Even though I spend a lot of time encouraging other people to unschool, sometimes the encouragement comes back the other way. Other people end up encouraging me, inspiring me to keep on doing the things that I enjoy. Yes, encouragement works both ways. So I think that's all I want to share with you today. I'm coming to the end of episode 157. Perhaps before I say goodbye, I could share another review for my book, Curious Unschoolers, because I do want to thank anybody who takes the time to stop by on Amazon and write a review. All these words are encouraging, as I have just said. Encouragement works both ways. When we receive kind feedback, we are encouraged to keep on going, to keep on doing what we're doing. So this review is by S. Steidel Brown. And it is titled, Like an Encouraging Chat with an Experienced Friend. And it's a five-star review. This book is like an encouraging chat with an experienced friend. Sue graciously shares the unschooling stories of her family to give us a glimpse into what unschooling can look like and what it can do for us, our children, and the relationships we value the most. It's not a how-to guide, which with unschooling wouldn't make much sense anyway. If you expect clear instructions, statistics and case studies, then this is not the book for you. However, if you're interested to learn about unschooling by absorbing stories of those who are walking the path, then this might be just the guide you need to get you started on your own unschooling story. And if you're already unschooling, then this book can be like a warm chat with a cherished friend. It is wonderful to share stories with those who live similar and yet such different lives. Sue's unschooling days look a lot different from mine. It is interesting and comforting to get a glimpse into the lives of other curious unschoolers. So thank you, S. Steidel Brown. I really appreciate those words very much. Sue's unschooling days look a lot different from mine. 
It is interesting and comforting to get a glimpse into the lives of other curious unschoolers. Yes, we're all different. And that's quite all right. That comment made me smile because I thought that even though we are different, we can connect. We don't all have to be the same. We share something very special, even though our lives might look very different. So, you will find my books, Curious Unschoolers and Radical Unschool Love, on Amazon. They are available as print books and Kindle ebooks. And if you have time to write a review, I would appreciate that very much. I would also appreciate reviews of this podcast. If you would like to comment about anything that I've said in this episode, or if you'd just like to stop by and say hello, you can find me on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and you can also find me on Instagram at Stories of an Unschooling Family. Yes, please join me on Instagram. Thank you for listening to this episode, episode 157. And until next time, don't forget to trust, respect, and love unconditionally. Unconditionally.